right, guys. Well, welcome back to the San Antonio Realtor Pros Podcast with myself, Stephen Randolph, David Karras. What's and, up? And we've got a special guest today. Uh, it's the first time Fred's actually been on the podcast, but Fred first Steubing time. is with Mass Mutual. Um, he is a financial advisor slash planner slash guru slash everything that you want in a financial planner. Specifically, um, I can only say I'm a financial services professional. There you go. Well, we'll keep it real classy today. So, <laughs> um, so Fred, basically, you, you wanted to come in today and give um, pretty much the audience some information about property tax, um, some ins and outs, importance of how to do some, you know, planning and saving with their money as far as property tax goes. So, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about the life of Fred, and then what we got going on. So Awesome. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm required to say the following, so bear with me. <laughs> the information provided is not written or intended as specific tax or legal advice. Mass Mutual, its subsidiaries, employees, and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the state planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal and legal tax, legal or tax counsel. I have to share that. Just so everybody know, I'm not an accountant and not an attorney, so anything I'm sharing is not legal or tax advice. Yeah, everything uh, that we say on this podcast is really like, this is just information. Don't, thought, don't, thought-provoking. <laughs> don't do as I say. Well, sometimes, well, do, some, as sometimes say. do as I say, but not always. Don't well, like the outlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you and I talked a few days ago, we'd mentioned getting together, and one of the things I, I talked about was property taxes. It's something I've been involved in for about the last three years. Um, I know financial services and property tax, how do they relate? And the reality is, is they relate because my job as a financial services professional is to find ways to work with my clients to save money, make money, and, and realize whatever plans they have as far as going forward. And for anybody who lives in Texas and anybody who's opened their mail in the last month will know mm-hmm. property taxes are on the rise. And yeah. for for a lot of people, they just think, well, I just pay it. Yeah. And the reality is, is there's, there's a process and a system in Texas that allows you to challenge your property tax appraisals and, and seek, remi- seek uh, remediation in that regard. Yeah. And so there's a gentleman that I've, I've been working with for going on three years, three or more years. His name's Mike Berlanga. He's with, um, True Tax Center, and also called Resolutions Now. He's a real estate broker. Uh, tends to work more on the commercial side. But he and I have been organizing and presenting these property tax seminars for the last three years. And interestingly enough, we've had a lot of success. And I have to be real careful on what numbers I quote, but I can say that uh, everybody who has followed our advice has realized a benefit. So yeah. I'm not going to give percentages or numbers. I'm just yeah. going to say that there's been a lot of success in, in challenging property taxes. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, in my neighborhood, I'm kind of like the CMA guy for property tax time. Every time, it, it seems like for the last three or four years since I got into real estate, I, I kind of put it out there on the next door app. I'm like, hey, uh, property tax appraisals just came in the mail, guys. If you guys want to dispute your property tax, I'll, I'll be happy to do free of charge a CMA report for you guys and see if we can save you some money on your property taxes. And I haven't had a single person uh, in my neighborhood, which probably I've done 20 or so, that haven't been able to appeal it and win their appeal, um, whether it be like, it seems like the first time that you do it, if you've never done it before, 
Um, you can kind of get away with it over the phone or, or you know, email them and say, hey, look, this is too much, and then they'll kind of negotiate with mm-hmm. you. If you do it the next year, they want some data, and then the next year they want an in-person hearing. So just know that right up front. It may be easy the first time, but, like, every time after that, they're going to go, okay, this guy, <laughs> they're trying to put me on the stretch. But, the, I mean, these these property tax evaluations, these these tax appraisers, they're not – True appraisers, they're they're not really going off of raw data. They're just going off of like some sort of an algorithm on the computer, and it's just saying that you know this house in this neighborhood is not the same as the one next door, and they're they're kind of blanket summarizing it, and it's not fair. It, you're right, and you you hit it spot on. Is every house in the same neighborhood is not the same, mm-hmm. and every neighborhood is not the same, and right. so you have to be able to say my house, separate and independent of all other houses, is X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Well, it's crazy that we're having this discussion because I think it was like last Tuesday or Wednesday, one of my clients reached out to me and he's like, Dave, they, they double my property value. And I'm like, what do you mean they double your property value? <laughs> so I go in, he's like, he's like, last year, my property taxes were assessed at like 118,000. Now they're 250. Mm. And I'm like, what? So I get into the county and sure enough, because I was like, well, maybe he's looking at something different. He's a very smart guy. So I, I just wanted to just double check. Nope, he's being charged that. So I was like, I wonder what's going on around there. So I checked mm-hmm. a little bit east, and there's four three-acre tracks that are assessed at $155,000 or $158,000. And they have had that same assessment for the past five years. Mm-hmm. Never been raised for five years. I go a little bit west. I find a, a, an eight-acre parcel of land that's assessed at like $400,000, which is like eight times the size of his property. And it hasn't changed in value in five years. Yeah. Yet last year his went up eighty two thousand, and then this year more than doubled. Wow. And and I'll share a little bit more about this in a few minutes. But I would encourage everybody who gets their property tax notice. Mm-hmm. Okay. First and foremost, it's not a bill. It says all over it. It's not a bill. Right. If you're in Bear County, Kamau County, Guadalupe County, Kendall County, any of them, Wilson County, it all says not a bill. Not a bill. Don't pay. But if you look at the values, look at the land value increases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where you're seeing a lot of the increases on land value. Structural value, yeah, you're seeing some. But in a lot of cases, you're not seeing any movement on the structural value. You're seeing movement on the land value. Yeah. So the question you have to ask is, well, how are they determining that? Yeah. You know, what, what criteria are they using to determine that the land value is now X, Y, or Z? And in my own personal example, you know, my wife and I bought our, our home three years ago. And our lot value at the time was twenty five thousand, and we we got a notice just a month ago, and now it's fifty five thousand. Yeah. Well, well, how is that justified? And right. so it's not the job of me, and it's not the job of you as a property owner to to justify you know, why it should be less. It's the obligation of the appraisal district to justify why it should be more, right. and then support that with data. Right. And and here's the thing that everybody should know about the folks that work the appraisal district. They're doing the best job they can. Yeah, they're definitely not bad people and I don't think Gosh, I mean no. they're just doing a job and but the data system that they use is is just I think it's I don't know if it's just antiquated or what, but it's just they really need to possibly sub take some of that money, subcontract some workout, and do like some spot checks on. I don't know if that that's they even do. a process. They actually do, and but but here's where the dilemma comes, and it's actually with property owners. Yeah, you know, property appraisal district again, good people. They're just doing their job as best they can. Mm-hmm. The issue comes with property owners not challenging their yeah. property taxes because they get this notice and it says 
gosh, your property value is X percent more this year than it was last year. And everybody goes, woohoo, yeah. I've got more money in the bank. I've got more equity in my house. Right. And, and what they don't understand, and you, know, you guys as realtors, underst- you do understand this, is yeah. what you pay in taxes and what your house is worth on the market. Two totally different things. Bingo. Oh, yeah. They are not. I mean, they may be correlated, but they are not the same. And, and property owners have to realize to be able to separate that. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how many people we talk to. Um, Mike ran some numbers in Bear County, and 80% in 2020 did not challenge their property assessment mm. 80%. So if you're the property if you're the if you're the appraisal district okay yeah so all I got to deal with is 20%. Right. And that is the highest number ever. 20% right. is the highest number of people have ever challenged in Bear County. Best best that we can find in the records and best Mike could find in his records. Wow. So that, that's interesting. Uh, I've actually talked with personally uh, the the tax appraiser assessor in two different counties, actually three different counties. And they all say the same thing. We wish more people would challenge. Yeah. We also have that big, there's, I mean, and I don't think people understand the amount of a hundred percent disabled veterans that are in this area and these counties. Um, you have all those people that are hundred percent disabled veterans that are, they don't have to pay the property tax. So they don't care if it's a million dollar valuation. Some of them do. I, I dispute mine every time. Mm-hmm. I, I want mine to be low because guess what? It affects my neighbors left and right of me. And I know that most people don't care. You just nailed it. I was going to say the neighborly thing to do mm-hmm. is, is to challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, over 65, your property tax freezes, right? Right. But again, the neighborly thing to do is yeah. to challenge. Just because it doesn't necessarily impact you directly doesn't mean indirectly it doesn't impact your entire neighborhood. Yeah, it's like the power of a vote, right? If you got a thousand people in a room and three people vote and everybody else just stays quiet, how much power does that whole room have? None. Mm-hmm. There's no power, yep. right? It's three people speaking out. Yep. Nobody's going to care. I mean, if, if you have 900 people in that room that vote, hey, now we got now we got some movement. Now we got something to where the ball can't be kicked on either side of the line. So I think it's, I think it's something that's super important. Well, I actually have a client that reached out to me about protesting his taxes. So for one of his properties, the county assessed it $260,770. I did an opinion of value and came up with about two thirty. Mm-hmm. So they're countering back at two forty. So they're already countering back 20 grand less. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then for his other property, the beginning value was $215,040. I did an opinion of value of two hundred and five. They countered back at two oh eight. So, you know, they they're willing to they're willing to negotiate. I mean, like he just filed it online and they came back. I know you can't see this online, but it's just a screen he sent me a screenshot of what the county said. What the rebuttal was. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I can it, see everything in here. And so th- there's a process that, that Texas outlines. And, you know, the whole reason that Mike started doing this, and I shared with you guys a few minutes ago before we before we jumped on, is, you know, it's it's biblical, you know, faith-based. Do Get paying to Caesar for what is Caesar's, paying to God what is God's. And basically what it boils down to is, hey, look, you know, pay your fair share, but don't be expected to pay more just because. Yeah. And this is a way for people to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pay what my fair share is. And the Texas taxpayer actually has a bill of rights. Most people don't know that. Hmm. So it's called the Texas taxpayer bill of rights. Uh, there's, there's literally 10 pieces to it. And number six is contest a decision. Yeah. So you can fair and equitable treatment, privacy, confidentiality, understand your taxes, pay only 
pay only what you owe, right? Representation, contest a decision, request waiver penalties, simpler tax filing, courteous accessible assistance, and knowing how your tax dollars are spent by the government. Right. Right. Texas Taxpayers Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an accountability system at the end of the day. And if, if we're not – I mean, think about if we just lay it down and just let the government entities just do whatever they wanted to will upon us and nobody voted against it, nobody stood up and said anything about it. I mean, where would we be right now? I, I don't know, but – We'd be in government housing is what we'd be in. We wouldn't be property owners. Well, and the reality is is you know, we allow – we allow government to get away with what we allow government yeah, to get that's away what I'm with. Saying. Exactly. And yeah. and here's the thing is property tax avoidance is not tax evasion. Right. You're no. not you're not trying to get out of paying tax. You're just making sure that what you pay yeah. is is your is your fair share. And I'm gonna use my own personal example. Uh, I've run the numbers for my own properties and the house that my wife and I live in, we challenge every year. Yeah. And if we had not challenged the last three years the tax assessment on our property based on the, the percentage that they've increased it each year and we've gone back and challenged would be $120,000 more yeah. than it is today. Yeah. And and I would love to see that kind of valuation on my house. The reality sure. is my house isn't worth that. Right. What and county do you live in? Come out. Come out. Yeah. Inside the city limits? Mm-hmm. Okay. So about 2.24%. Yep. So on the whole, we save an average of about $800 a year. Yeah, and I'm speaking me personally. It's it's varied and different for everybody, mm-hmm. but over the last three years, almost twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, I calculated twenty eight hundred and twenty two dollars and forty cents. Yep. So I mean, if, if that's something that you want to keep in your household and in your pocket, then it makes sense to challenge. Absolutely. So, and it becomes increasingly important for people who are reaching age sixty five, and the reason why for people reaching reaching age sixty five, what happens at sixty five? Everything freezes. Yeah. yeah, everything freezes. So you have to ask yourself, if you're retiring in and around age 65 and you're going to be moving into a fixed income scenario, because when you retire, your income is going to become leveled off in most cases. Mm-hmm. Do you want to have high fixed expenditures yeah. or low fixed expenditures? And so you mm-hmm. should be thinking about, about challenging. Yeah. And from a realtor standpoint, you know, with you guys, it's a really value add. You get to call your clients. And reach out and say, hey, we, we've got something for you, and we need to encourage you to do this. Do you need help doing it? Yeah. Um, and for people who are challenging property taxes, a realtor is their best friend. They, yeah. They really are their best friend because you're going to run the CMAs, and you're going to give them the information that they need. And I've got a little bit of feedback on, on that as well. Um, talking about the timeline, so May 15th, what's today? Today is the 10th. Today's the 10th. Yeah, so five days, folks. Five days. Five days to get your and I'm going to post this episode today. It's going to drop today just because of the time of essence, you know, time's yep. the essence here. Um, so this episode is going to be dropped on Monday. It'll probably be dropped before, hopefully, before noon. Um, yeah, and I, I think you know what, what we don't really think about a lot of times is just what are you going to do with that money that you're saving? So you personally could help people with taking that extra money that they're saving, put that money away. And I don't, I'm sure you're yeah. probably going to get into that at some point, but maybe sure. in a later episode. Yeah, we can talk about that anytime. I, I really just want people to know, look, this is an opportunity to save money, yeah. keep money in your pocket. So value add, I don't make anything 
personally, you know, somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I need help on property tax. I just help them. Yeah. That's yeah. the same way I do. That's like I said, I, I posted every year on next door and, and I've had four or five people before the time even comes, they say, Hey, Steven, I just want to let you know, I know, you know, but, um, we're about to get our appraisals back and, and I wanted to see if you would help me out this year. You, you helped me out last year. I mean, I've saved a couple of people, like one client in particular, I think she ended up cash in pocket it was like over eleven hundred dollars that she saved on her property tax the first time that we did it and it's incrementally gone you know more and more each year and that's a you know for a a single mom that's a big chunk of money with a single income yeah that's hundred dollars a month when you do it across here i'll even give you a better example there's there's a gentleman i know he's uh he's in financial services he attended our seminar last year and he just gotten through building a house and the the appraisal came back at one and a half million dollars for this house. I mean, granted, it's a big house. It's a nice house. He spent a lot of money on it. The problem was, is he wasn't in the house on January 1st. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, when they challenge, they don't understand that it applies to one day. It is a pinpoint mark. It is January 1st, whatever yeah. the value of the house is on January 1st. Extreme example, and I'll come back, I'll come back to this particular person's house. Let's say on December 31st, you decide to go out in the street and have a big fireworks, shooting off fireworks, and God forbid something happens and you shoot one through your window and burn your house down. <laughs> on January 1st, what's the value of that property? Should be just land. Should be land and, and slab. Yeah. That's it. That That's all you've got. But the appraisal will come back, probably is completed, fully lived in, sale ready, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing is it has to be sale ready. Mm-hmm. So... You want to go back and challenge based on that. Yeah. You know, when you're when your clients talk to you guys as realtors, you don't want to do CMAs today. Right. You want to do CMAs the last three to six months of twenty twenty. Yeah. Leading up to January first. Yeah. I usually go the whole year. I pull a twelve month is what I end up you, from the date I pull the CMA. I just I just go back twelve months just because I mean you could probably space it out, but I think that's plenty of data. And here's another cool thing. You guys are running a lot of solds. Mm-hmm. I tell people look at the not solds. I do. Yeah, look I do at the expired. Everything. I do expired, canceled, yep. withdrawn. I do the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. What are those valued at? And what did why? What was the reason why? Maybe even make a couple calls to to realtors. Say, hey, why didn't that house sell? Yeah, it was just overpriced. Um, yep. you know, or you know, the client had to do something different. Whatever it is, but have solds and have not solds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we're not trying to job the system. We're working within the confines of the system. Right. What is the actual value of the property? Yeah, and and a good friend of mine. I've been friends with her for years. She she works in an appraisal office, and and I don't want to say which one. I don't want to call her out, but she said explicitly, "I wish more people would challenge. I wish more people because that would give us a better feel for what our property values. Well, you need more data. Are. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you need accurate. I mean, you can put a bunch of numbers in a system, right? But if it's not, if if it's just an algorithmic number. And it's not based off of true facts. Like if you have one or two that are in a pool of 10 that are actual fact, well, that skews the number. But the more accurate data, you know, the better off the chances are going to be correct. And I see that, um, you know, a lot of times when, when people buy houses, their agents, either they're forgetting or whatever the case may be, they're not locking in that homestead exemption. So if it's a property that you're living in full time, like as a real estate agent, it's our job to, to mention to them, like, hey, look, as soon as you get – you need to file your homestead exemption so that we can kind of lock that that raise rate every year. And then if you have 
uh, any percentage of disabled veteran, like the DV1 through all the way through, I think it's nine or something like that. Um, there's different statuses if you're a certain percentage, 10 to 30 percent, 30 to six. I can't remember what the number starts are. at 30 percent. Does it? Yeah, and so you, 30, you make sure 50, that you have 90, those 100. those DV exemptions in there. And, and any exemption that you can qualify for, make sure you file for it because those lock in increase percentages because, they, you know, if you have, uh, I think it's uh, the homestead, it, it, it doesn't let it increase 10% year over year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a lot. Well, but there's there's been some waivers on that. And yeah. so you're seeing property values that are they're increasing 13 to 17%. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a big problem next year. And I don't and you know why. Here's here's the thing. The market right now is so insane and it's so overblown and people are and I won't say the word overpaying because a home's value is what somebody's willing to pay for what it. the market will bear. And so what's happening right now, I think if you don't go ahead and start locking in some some rates right now this year, uh next year it's going to be really hard for us as agents to prove that that house's valuation is not what the county might say it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that um, it's unfortunate, but next year is going to be tough. Um, I don't know where it's going to go from there, but I think if things keep continuing on the trend that they are, um, we're either going to see uh, a nice blowout, uh, there's going to be a bottom at some point, something's got to level off here. Um, it just cannot stay the way that it is right now. Yep. The money's got to run out. So I agree. So let's talk. I wanted to just talk real quick about filing that protest because that's a big deal. So when you get that form, make sure everything's filled out, right? Yeah. Um, and now, now we're in the technical part of it, obviously. And it's going to say on there, not a bill, not a bill, not a bill, right? And if you're in Bear County, Bear County is the one county that, that I know of that actually has a box that says request evidence. And that's yeah. what a lot of property, property owners fail to do is they just fail to request the evidence. Yeah. So now you're arguing against what? Yourself. Yeah. You know, I want to know what the county's saying. Why is my property valued that way? Um, but there's two two boxes we definitely want to make sure we check. Incorrect appraised market value and value is unequal to compared to other properties. Yeah. You got to check both those boxes because when you challenge your property taxes, you can only challenge for what you indicate you want to challenge for. Yeah. So if you check one box but not the other, you, you don't get to ch- bring it up. There yeah. you go. You're stuck. And it's and there's a three-tier process in the challenges. So you get the informal hearing. Right, and and some counties are going with just a phone call. Some counties are going with Zoom. Some counties are going with in person. Yeah. So it just depends on the county. It, you go to the informal hearing. If you like what you hear, great. You know, if you have a number in your mind and they come back and that number is equitable and you you feel good about it, fine. Then do what you feel is in your best interest. If you think you can do better or you don't think the county has given you enough at that informal hearing, then you can request a formal hearing in front of the assessment review board. Yeah. It's the ARB committee. Committee. It's usually three people. And they'll sit and they'll listen to what you have to say. They'll listen to what what the county has to say. Uh, if you end up in front of an ARB, I would tell you, let them go first. Yeah. Let them put out there. Let them go first, and then you follow up so that you know what you're what you're you're standing against. Well, that's basic negotiations too. The person that gives the number first it always loses. Yep. Yeah. And and before you go into those those situations, whether it's the informal or whether it's the formal, you want to have your evidence, right? And we'll talk a little bit about things that you can produce that, that will allow people to understand, hey, this is this is why my property should only be X instead of Y. Yeah. 
Um, but definitely the incorrect appraised values, value, excuse me, and the value is unequal compared to others. You need to have both of those checked and then get it in on time. Yeah. Don't, don't miss the window to get it in. Uh, ask for evidence. If you can, then sign it, date it, and, and get it sent off. Um, when you when you get the evidence, you want to look at what they're basing it on. Obviously, talk to your licensed realtors to make sure that what they're comparing it to is what they actually should comparing it to. Right. Uh, my my rule of thumb, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, right, is I call it the rule of three. So 300 square feet plus or minus within three miles and within three years of build. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to do 10% plus or minus and in that exact same community first. Yep. Because the tighter you can get it in that community, because it's right across the street from where I live, on right across the street and then on each side are houses that are selling for about 170,000 less than mine. So if I go out that far I'm going to yeah. tweak those numbers. Exactly. Little. And and I'll use my house again, my wife and I's house in, in New Braunfels. Our community is kind of just it's odd it's an odd duck. It's in the middle of, of a lot of stuff going on, but it it's its own entity. Yeah. And so literally across the street like she said David it's it's an entirely different kind of neighborhood. The lots are much smaller. They're mm-hmm. not as well established. They're right. older homes. They they were more designed in a in a we're going to build a whole lot of houses at one time mindset as opposed to each house is in and of itself mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. A little more custom. In fact, in our neighborhood, my wife and I've looked. There are three other houses out of about 160 houses that are the same floor plan as ours wow. in the whole neighborhood. So that you know that says a lot plus we have a lot of mature oak trees and you know, wide streets and so that separates us mm-hmm. uh, from from other folks bigger lots uh, so you need to be like you said David, you need to be specific to that right. neighborhood um when you go into your hearing right there's there's a big thing to think about is they're just people yeah they're, and they're good people i mean they're just yeah. doing their job but you need to have your evidence based on who you may encounter, whether it's the informal or whether it's the formal hearing. And uh, we call them feelers and thinkers, right? So you've got high feel, low feel, high thinkers, low thinkers. Um, if you're an accountant, how, yeah, how much thinker. of a, how much, yeah, you're a high thinker. How much of a feeler are you? Yeah. Not much. It's all about numbers for them. Exactly. But yeah, how many of us are married? And, and have spouses who are very warm, and I call it warm and fuzzy. My mm-hmm. wife is very warm and fuzzy. I'm not. And so I want to appeal to them as well. So when I go in and do my hearing, I want to have data. I want to have numbers. If I know there are things wrong with my home, I want to be able to quantify that. And, yeah. and take photos. Yeah, take photos. But, but have people come out and do estimates on what repairs would cost. You know, do you have fascia boards that need to be replaced? Do you have foundation issues? That's huge. Anywhere east of 35, you've got foundation yeah. issues. Um, do you have a, need a new roof? Do you have landscaping issues? Do you have settling problems inside the house and they have cracks and, and separation in the drywall? Uh, do you need new flooring? Is the house dated? You know, whatever it is, you want to annotate that, and you want to make sure that you have quotes that talk specifically about what that's going to cost to repair. Because the reality is, is, the, the appraisal district is looking at make sale ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're saying, hey, your house, if it were to sell today, would be valued at X. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, is if you have a bunch of repairs that need to be done or a bunch of updates that need to be done, that's not make sale ready. That's money that you have to you have to expend in order to make that house ready for sale. Right. So those you, you when you go in with evidence, you gotta have all that. You gotta have your numbers and you gotta have pictures. You gotta have a lot of photos. Um, inform with facts. 
right? And it's not contentious. This isn't a battle when we go in to challenge our property taxes. We're not. It's not fights. Look, I know where you stand. You know where I stand. Let's see if there's some place that we're gonna we can get to. Uh, entertain with images. Inspire with empathy. If you have a story, tell your story. Yeah, you know, we we learn a lot. We get a lot from telling a story. And then flex your social style. Are you a humorous person? Great. Are you an analytic person? Great. You know, but flex your style. But make sure you're addressing whoever may be in front of you as far as that that um, challenge, if you will, is concerned. And it, it you may get what you want right away. Two years ago, I went in. I submitted my packet. Guy sat down, looked at it. He called me back about 10 minutes later. And, and he literally goes, yeah, we're too high. I mean, that was the first thing he let off with. We're too high. And he knew immediately they were too high. Yeah. And he literally brought it right back to the number that I thought it should be at. I was good with it. Last year was COVID year, so it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some things that were that were kind of funky on, on last year. They did a lot just by email and sent them out, hey, we're going to drop it to this. You know, they want to make sure they get the numbers right, too. Yeah. So don't get mad at what it says. Just focus on what you have to do to get it where it needs to be. Um, lots of pictures. Yeah, and don't go in with a binder full of stuff. Yeah, it comes a point when it's overkill. I say limit it to anywhere from five to ten pages of stuff. And remember, you can put three or four pictures on every page, mm-hmm. and you can use front and back of every page. I like to I like to include a narrative at the start. You know, here are my reasons why I think that the property is not valued correctly, and then here are all my quotes, and then here are all my pictures, and be organized that way so that you make their job. Um, Less less effort on their part. They can look at it and go, yeah, this guy's got a really good point. Yeah, and and, and be be kind. I can't say enough. Be nice. Yeah, you be don't want to go in there and be rude because uh, here's what's going to happen. They're going to dismiss it and they're going to be like, well, pff, I mean, I was willing to work on it, but they're going to flag your account. Yeah, max them out every year. It's like dealing with a police officer. Right, the more polite and and, and professional you are, you might get off with a warning. Well, and they doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, just, those those folks are just doing their job. Yeah, they show up every day. They do the job to the best of their ability, and like you said, it, a lot of it's algorithmic. They're not driving out to every house and doing a full on inspection. No. And you know, they just want to be sure it's right. So we want to help them get to that place as easy as, as easy as we can. Yeah. Um, again, lots of pictures. Location is a big deal. Where is your house located? You know, are you located next to a huge busy street? That's that's a problem. Are you in a flood zone? Are you in a flood zone? You know, are you in an area that's uh, next to quote unquote green belt, but a green belt that's not maintained? Right. You know, mosquito farms is what they call them. Or right. a quarry. <laughs> or yeah. quarry. Yeah, you're next to the quarry, and at three o'clock in the morning, you hear boom, 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 boom yeah. and and because they're trying to bust rock out. Um, but but be aware of all those things. You can look at. There's plenty of reports online that talk about crime. Yeah, and you can find maps on crime areas and what's going on. I mean that those all drive property values and things about the house that that might not normally jump out. Windows, shape of the lot, are a big deal. Um, the driveway, interestingly enough, do you have a big sloping driveway versus a flat driveway? Yeah, it's more presentable. Some people would rather have the flat. You know, it's not. Well, and I'm going to go back three months. Where were we in three months? Snowpocalypse. Right. So yeah. there's ice on everything. Good luck. So if you have a big slanted driveway, what are you going to do? Nothing. You're you're literally hostage of the weather yeah. in your house because if you pull out the driveway, no telling what's going to happen. Um, you know, do you have safety features that need to be installed in the house that are not? 
yeah, or, or should be installed in the house or not. You know, the house, the house been modified in some way, shape, or form that makes it different from other houses in the neighborhood. You know, all those things obviously need to be need to be indicated. Uh, take pictures again of your house if you've got neighboring neighboring homes. Take pictures of their homes. I mean, obviously, you know, maintain yeah. privacy and all, but you know, take pictures of their homes, especially if you're talking about different slopes or elevations, things like that, yeah. exteriors of the home. Or exterior features such as broken down cars, overgrown grass, bad other things that deter value. Bad fencing. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, we're, I just looked up the other day, we're like $20 a foot. Yeah. 25. And ain't nobody replacing yeah. fences this year. <laughs> yeah. I just got a quote for 35 linear feet for $1,050. Yeah. Mm. So you're $25 a foot to put in a cedar plank fence. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, that's a huge sum of money. And mm-hmm. I don't make the, I don't make the lumber prices. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm fixing a lot of the fences around my, the properties I manage and it's just nuts. Yep. What's going on. Um, and, and the hearings again, keep your inner peace. It's not a fight. It's just a conversation. Uh, don't get attached to the rulings. You know, it is what it is. They're going to give you what they're going to give you. If you go to the informal and you don't get the response that you want, decline. You know, right. I don't accept, and I'm going to go to the formal hearing. If you don't get what you want at the formal hearing, decline. Then you have the right for, for arbitration. Yeah. Right? So you can go do arbitration. And there's fees associated with arbitration that you need to be aware of, right? And um, county appraisal offices typically don't want to do a whole lot of arbitration. They typically want to find a common ground and, and go yeah. from there. It takes up a lot of their resources and time, so yep. it's not in their best interest for sure. So in the formal process, do's and don'ts, do be polite and pleasant. Don't go first. Do not attack the appraiser. I can't say it enough. Being kind just means so much. Yeah. People just, you know, if you go in crazy and, 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 and go off on someone, what did you accomplish? What did you benefit by that? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Nope. You benefit none. It's like mama always said, you get more flies with sugar That's and right. honey than you do vinegar. Yep. That's true. It's crazy. Um, if you don't agree, don't accept the appraiser's offer, right? Just saying, I want to accept it. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And then be prepared to present, uh, be prepared and present facts and images. Uh, you need to make sure if you attend, the, you request a formal hearing, you attend. Because if you don't, they're just going to make a decision and move on. Yeah. So you've got to make it a point to go. I mean, that's kind of a big <laughs> thing. You don't want to set it up and then not go. Or your SOL until next year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, if you do the informal hearing, don't get you don't get what you want. You need to continue to prepare for the formal hearing. If you do the formal hearing and don't get what you want, you need to continue to prepare for arbitration. Okay, what we found in in the arbitration process is the county appraisal offices typically don't like to get into the arbitration process, and they're they're very kind and they come back and make offers. Yeah, uh, you know, hey, look, you know, you're right. Well, let's come back at this. Uh, I'll give you an example. As a business owner in San Antonio, it's not my story. It's Mike's story. But um, business owner was appraised at about $4 million for his, for his property. And he was like, no way. <laughs> so long story short, when it was all said and done, they were going to go to arbitration. The county came back and said, hey, we'll do $1.6 million. Wow. So that, That's a big well, number. It's, it's nuts, too, because when you go commercial – 
They also tax you for everything inside the building too. Like this desk that we're on right now, yep. I'm, I'm paying taxes on it. The chairs that you're sitting on, yep. I'm paying taxes on it. And business, that's kind of BS right there. Business rendition taxes. Those mm-hmm. had to be filed by April 15th. Sorry I didn't get in here sooner to help you with that. Uh, it's all good. Fortunately, we're independent yep. contractors and personally own most of the stuff in this office. Yep. So yeah, we got. I think we're only paying 180 or $480 is what our taxed value yeah. is for yeah. some of So you've stuff, got so. You know, inventory, things of that nature. If you hold inventory, you've got to pay taxes on all mm-hmm. of that. It's all part of rendition process. But commercial property. Properties, you know, you can do this with commercial properties. Yeah, and and I encourage all business owners and property owners to do it with their properties. Here's the cool thing: we just found this out when we were doing it last year. So we didn't even know the first year. This is something we found out last year. You guys are familiar with triple net leases? Yes. Yep. All right. Did you know that tenants in a triple net lease can actually challenge property taxes in absence of the owner? I, I did didn't not know, know that. I didn't know that because the property taxes are a pass through. Yeah. To the tenant. So if property taxes go up, the owner can pass those on to the tenant, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a variable variable entity or a variable expense, if you will. So as a triple net lease holder, I can actually challenge property taxes even in the absence of the owner because that now becomes... It's your responsibility to yep. pay it. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. That's, so that's good info. I've told all my commercial property owner clients, you need to challenge every year. Yeah. Uh, triple net lease clients, you need to challenge every year, even if your owner doesn't. Uh, and again, it's not about what the appraisal district says our value is. It's about what the market will bear. So our job is to worry about what we have to pay versus what somebody else is willing to pay when we decide we we finally want to sell. Right. And in an outside standpoint, you could even you could even argue potentially that a property owner who is who has tenants in a triple net lease has a fiduciary responsibility to those tenants to be challenging the property taxes every year because he's passing along an expense to them. So yeah, that, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a tax accountant. I'm not a lawyer or any of that. Um, but I definitely wanted to share that because that was something we thought was really, really amazing and really applies to, to property tax owners or excuse me, commercial property owners. And, uh, be mindful that we have a lot of different factors to take into account when you're talking about commercial property, like kind use, Right. I mean, you can't just say, hey, here's an acre that's got industrial, here's an acre that's got, you know, um, like commercial, and they're both the same. They're not the same. Right. You know, what is the use? Yeah, what I was going to say use is going to be a huge factor in that for sure. Yep. What's the location, and do you have do you have comparables? You know, if you're the only business in the entire city that does what you're doing and you're paying property taxes based on another group of businesses, why? That would be my first question is why. So it just makes sense. Um when you do go to the formal hearing, if you decide that you're not willing to accept their offer and you want to go to arbitration, you have 60 days uh, to file that you want to go to arbitration after, after you deny that or decline their offer. Make sure you sign the request for arbitration. Include your cashier's check because there's a cost, and, and I'll, I'll, I don't want to get too far into that. Include your cashier's check. Indicate a value request. Again, you're asking, what are you telling me it's valued at? And then use certified mail. If you get that far to arbitration, most people typically don't. Right. Um, so, what do you guys? What do you guys have for me? I mean, we threw a lot of information out. We've been talking for a while. I didn't expect to go quite this long. Yes, yeah, that's no. when you have fun. Right. It does. Yeah. It really does. I mean, you don't really think about the time passing like that, but when you get into some good information, I think it's worth the time. Um, no, I really, I really don't have anything. I think we covered a lot of information. I think. Um, yeah, you know, we've we've done this 
information before on, our, on, on different podcasts, not so much in depth. We've talked about property tax issues and uh, tax evaluations. We've actually had um, Rahul Patel on the podcast before. He's a, a tax uh, lawyer nice. in San Antonio here. He does a lot of tax law with uh, some of the San Antonio Spurs and some other uh, big names in San Antonio. And, and he was actually on an on a episode with us. I, I think um, it may be worth getting him back on, too, and, and discussing some of this stuff in the next couple of months just because it's it's so prevalent right now with all the stuff that's going on with next year. I, I feel like maybe it is worth revisiting, and maybe we could have everybody on at the same time and kind of discuss that as well. And from property taxes, the question I would ask is, when's the last time somebody got a property tax assessment and it was lower? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I did. You're the exception, sir. Yeah, is that less than 1% rule? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, there was this one year, about two years ago, they did it for my whole community. Um, let's see here. Do you think it was just because, like, everybody in the community maybe said, hey, what, well, we what were, the heck is yeah. going on here? Yeah. And they raised a stink big enough to where they were like, hey, maybe we really need to drill down this neighborhood. I thought it had, what's going I had it pulled up, but I don't. Um I had a different property. But, yeah, there was, like, one year that the value actually dropped about, like, seven or eight grand. Mm. But the next year they caught up. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so my neighbor, every year he's like, hey, Dave, I need some comps. Yep. I go to tax time again, right? So he's now to the point where when he goes to the tax office, the county, so they have access to the MLS. And so they already pulled the comps. They're like, these are what we base in your house off of. So he came back to me with it, and I was like, all right. So then I started writing down, well, that one's over here. I think they, were, they pulled like seven or eight comps from Harvest Hills. Which is, uh, listen, it's night and day difference. Yeah. We're, we're talking sun and moon difference Yeah, so <laughs> neighborhood-wise. So, yeah, so uh, when he's saying request evidence, check out the evidence because that's they gave it to my neighbor. And so my neighbor lives on a one-acre lot, okay, no amenities, just one street. It's probably like a within-a-half. A wide car and there's 26 properties in there harvest hills third acre lots mm-hmm. uh, it's a gated community has a pool a clubhouse faa pens a stock pond uh, rv storage um playground tennis court basketball court got, yeah. like all this all this stuff and there's like and 320 homes in there yeah. right now you know it's crazy so. yeah and so they're they're trying to Ding my uh, my neighbor based off of houses in Stevens mm-hmm. community, which if that house was in Stevens community would have been well above that price. But yeah. so when you say request evidence, it'd be interesting to see where they're pulling the comps from. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like I said earlier, realtors your best friend. You know, you guys are the you guys are the experts in the communities, and you know what's there, and you know how best to help your clients. Absolutely, my job is. Yeah, I'm a I'm a financial professional. My job is just to help you with the money after. But this is something I bring I bring to my clients in my community. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great, man. I I think um, you know going outside of your normal um, you know playing field is really that's a cool thing that you're doing, and, and you're honestly doing it just to help people out. You're not out there trying to charge people for this. This is like a free nope. seminar you guys do, right? And yep. It's awesome. So we, we've present Mike is he's the big he's the big one on this and right. and when it's all said and done he's probably presented to several thousand people. Oh, okay. Um, we were able to get in front of I think two or three chambers of commerce this year, and so that was a huge benefit is getting in front of those chambers of commerce. 
and, and sharing that information with them, especially when you talk about the commercial side and business owners and, and the fact that they're trying to manage expenses and, you know, yeah. come out of COVID, that was a huge deal, but it was, it, it's good. It's good information. I think it's valuable information. I think it's good for everybody. I think there are very few people that could find fault in complaining about taxes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think it'd be kind of silly to, to say, nah, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Well, you got so much money, you just want to throw it down the drain. Hey, more power to you, man. Exactly. <laughs> I've got some place to put it too. Yeah, so exactly. I'll, I'll do it for you and then I'll take the money. I want to go back to the, to the, to the advisor. I didn't finish that story. I apologize. Million, million and a half dollar house that he wasn't in the house on January 1st, right? He went and fought it. They lowered it down to 800000 and saved almost 30000 in taxes. That's insane. So, you know, it makes sense to do yeah. it. It makes sense to follow through the process and, and do it. And it, you mentioned eventually it may catch up to you. I don't know. But the reality is, is, you know, if it catches up, fine. But I want it to catch up way down the road. I don't want it to catch yeah. up to me today. Well, this is the saying I always tell everybody. The answer is no unless you ask. There you go. Yeah. And if they say no, then you're no worse off than where you were before you were going to ask. You must have heard me say that a while back. Did you? Yeah, I said okay. that all the time. Okay. Worst thing, yeah, it's the worst thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no different than I was before I asked. Right. But we're so afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're afraid we're, of rejection. We're, rejection, yeah. exactly. I'm afraid to be told no. I mean, yeah, guys, like, get on the phone once in a while. I get lots yeah. of no's every day. I get yeah. no's. Yeah. So it's all good. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. This has been great. Yeah, likewise. Thanks well, for coming. Well, tell us a little bit of how to get a hold of you as far as where, you know, if they um, – Not necessarily tax stuff, but for like, you know, if they're looking for a financial advisor, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, go to my website, www.fredstubing.com is the easiest way, and they can send me a note there. Uh, they can call me. They can email me. But, yeah. Can you spell your last name? S-T-E-U-B-I-N-G. There so, you go. Now you don't have to try and figure it out. <laughs> F-R-E-D-S-T-E-U-B-I-N-G.com. And, and that's my, that's my uh, financial services website. Uh, and they can connect with me there. And super easy, super easy to find me. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I've got a business page on Facebook as well. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, thanks so much, man, for coming in. I think, um, you know, as far as everything goes, it's, it's really important to have information. And if you can surround yourself with people like Fred, David, and myself, you'll be all right. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one.